I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Anything you want me to not ask? No. No, go, go. Ask anything. This is fun. Hello, I'm Beth Morrie and this is One Torn Every Minute, the podcast where we talk about giving birth. Today I'm joined by the just gorgeous writer and broadcaster Julia Rayside. Julia. Hello. Let's start by summarising how many times you have given birth and when. I have done it once. Okay. So I'm an expert, so just ask me anything. Um, And it was ten years ago to a small man called Douglas how lovely. Yes. Now, usually at this point, I ask you to name your favourite child so that we can talk about that particular birth. But it might be somebody else's, you never know. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure you'd be very clued up on those births. But... It is Douglas, it is Douglas. Oh, yes. well, let's go for Douglas's He's birth. He's actually great. <laughs> That's good to, to know. This was worth it. I'm glad. In the end, if you get a Douglas, you should totally do this because it was like, he's excellent. And yeah. I didn't get a Douglas. I feel like I missed uh, out. No, you did. You did miss out. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> So let's cleave open your cervix <laughs> and begin at the beginning. So I'm just breathing. <laughs> so we're 10 years ago. I'm back there. Whoa. <laughs> it doesn't that take was long. quick. No, no. We're no, going to no. relive it all. Okay. So let's take you back. You're, uh, are you full term pregnant? Did you get yes, to the end? Yes, I did. I was massively overdue to the point where they started to talk about, um, you know, uh, interjecting and, and doing things and sticking things in me. So I think I was 10 days overdue. And obviously, and I had a friend who'd given given birth to all of her babies in France who was saying, no, 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 41 weeks. Yeah, they were they all of that a stuff. lot longer, don't they? Exactly. So I was sort of, I wasn't militant about no interventions, but I was a bit sort of, oh, do I have to? So I think I actually, oh, no, that's right. It was like a film. My waters broke in bed one morning. I think it was the morning they were going to induce me or the morning before they were going to induce me. So that's nice timing. You just Brilliant it timing. It's yeah. almost like he heard and was like, okay, fine. Also, like, I love that waters breaking thing because it was funny. It's, it's quite <laughs> dramatic. And I said to everybody at work, yeah. oh, don't be silly. It's not like on Sex and the City <laughs> where it just empties out onto the floor and then As you're if. in labour. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yes, exactly. Me too. In fact, there was one... Um, one friend I had at the time who's one, just one of those annoying people. She'd just given birth a bit before me and was like, oh, you have to get this special cover for your bed in case your water's break. I was like, for God's sake, will you just like, leave some things to chance? Obviously just wrecked a mattress by, you know, like a cart horse, I think my husband said. But um, So I kind of was in bed and I rolled over and sort of started laughing. So I was like, oh, it's like weeing, but you can't stop. And he's it's like, weird, isn't oh it? my God. Yeah, it was a very strange feeling, but kind of not unpleasant, just like really odd. And so I, I somehow managed to run down the corridor in our flat and just stood in the bath going, well, it's still coming. <laughs> and it's, it's like emptying out of just a really large container. It just it doesn't seem to want to stop. And so eventually I was like, right, it's stopped. Um, I suppose we ought to go to hospital. 
So but we he, hadn't, he hadn't had any pain or anything like that? No, no contractions or anything like that. Just literally water's gone. So I, I guess it just felt a bit odd and like, oh, is there no, so there's no liquid in there now. So it's just baby and, and then air. Like what's, should we, I, I, genuinely my biology is so bad. I was like, can, can he still, well, I didn't know it was a boy there. I was like, can it still breathe? This is fine, isn't it? To <laughs> uh, realise it was fine. And all the practice we'd done, my husband was a very nervous driver at the time and he hadn't driven for years and years and years. But he sort of had practice driving in order to do the hospital run, which is, you know, about sort of 15, 20 minutes from our house, live in East London. And um, and I thought it would be a bit of a, oh, God, there's, there's speed bumps literally in every oh, row between yes, my house that. and the hospital. And it's so painful. It really is. Although it kind of, I, I think I didn't really notice. But it was, it also, it, I don't know, it's, I suppose because we were overdue, it all felt quite sedate, like we sort of just... Well, if you're not contracting or anything, then exactly. it's okay. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember, you know, it's funny because the time fudges, doesn't it, in your head and you can't quite remember the order things happened in. I think we phoned the hospital first, that's right. And they, I think they told us not to come in unless contractions started, but I'm not 100% sure if that's right. But I feel like there was definitely some time where we watched a movie and ate sandwiches and I sat on a kind of, you know, one of those kneeling stools for your posture because it rocked backwards and forwards. So I was just oh, sitting yeah, on that. yeah, like a and, ball, but Yeah, exactly, and I effect. must have started to contract then it was just my what I sat up uh, onto type when I was working at home but um yeah so I so I have a memory of like there's in fact I took a picture of us both which is a weird thing to do again it, fe- it feels weirdly calm doesn't it sometimes yeah yeah Bef- just before the storm, like- there's almost at a moment where you think well this childbirth lark is actually quite easy I don't know what all the fuss <laughs> is about yeah um <laughs> yeah but kind of and, and it was so nothing was really happening I think contractions were starting but they weren't close together and they were a bit sort of oh no, okay, back back to normal again now. So yeah, we, my husband made some sandwiches, and we, I remember we watched a Douglas Sirk film, and maybe that was because I didn't, didn't know I was having a girl or a boy. We had thought about more boy names than girls, and we had come up with Douglas, but it was a weird coincidence, I think. So but maybe sign. it just cemented that in my head, like oh, Douglas, yeah, I like that. So we're watching a big gay Douglas Sirk film. It was lovely, lovely times, and then eventually, I think we must have the contractions must have gotten a bit much. So I said, let's go, and I got there, and but so no, hang on, I want to stop oh, there because. Okay. The ca- contractions getting a bit more, a bit much. <laughs> They're a bit much. <laughs> a bit much. Um, this is a kind of issue yeah. when you go to all your um, pregnancy and birthing classes because they give you very strict instructions about when you're allowed to go to the hospital. Yes. And so then you get slightly into a tiz about mm. measuring them and yeah, making like, sure. How do you know, really? Yes, because yeah. everybody's different and people experience things differently. So when you say it was a bit much, what was your? I think they were that? maybe they were getting closer together, not still not alarmingly close, but we could see them progressing. And it felt like a fairly not speedy, maybe, but over a couple of hours, it was like, oh no, this is definitely different now. And I think I, I still have somewhere. I, th- I found it the other day. There's a little piece of note paper from a small notepad that we used to keep on the fridge for shopping lists uh, in the kitchen. And but uh, it, my, my husband had just written down times of contractions, just mm. one after another, just to see the gaps. They were definitely closing up. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. He, I'm guessing he probably decided because I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. It all seems fine. Oh, no, no, it seems fine again. Now let's just let's just watch the rest of the film. <laughs> I think at some point it must have just become obvious that the, the pain was quite stabby, which is, it kind of is, you know, I suppose when you're getting quite near to to getting ready to give birth. And so I, I didn't I didn't want to leave it till you know. I was going, oh, my God, I can't the car walk. Park. Exactly. So I think by the time I, we got to hospital, I felt OK, able to walk in, you know, and, but then sitting in that waiting room. And it was very busy. It was So it's July 2009. And um, at the time, uh, it was quite scary. People forget this now. There was a big bird flu epidemic. 
throughout the land. Bird flu was a big... Oh, Well, yes. maybe not an epidemic, but there were instances of it where yeah, there shouldn't have been It wasn't an epidemic, but everybody no, was no. worried it was going to become one. Exactly. So there were, there were lots of... No, epidemic is wrong. See, the tabloids do their work on you, don't they? There was, so there was lots of fear-mongering about the yes, fact that, that cases that. had been reported in and this country. And people started wearing, like, masks around town and things, didn't Yeah, they? yeah, some odd people did. But um, so we, we ended up in this waiting room, and there was a very... Um, a, a TV in the corner of the waiting room, the hospital waiting room. It's at Whips Cross in London, East London. Very busy hospital, lots of people in the kind of labour bit, the labour ward, and um, the little TV, and it was mostly snow, it was a very bad signal, but we it was showing BBC News Channel, and BBC News Channel flashed up a picture of a hospital, and a headline saying, um, woman dies, um, uh, and she'd just given birth in this hospital, um, and bird, suspected bird flu, and it was the hospital I was sitting in. <laughs> oh my God. So that was super, again. That's like the beginning of a dystopian thriller. It was completely like a, I don't know, yeah, something terrible was going to happen, and um, so, you know, this awful thing had happened. Uh, again, the chemicals that are pumping through you, I, I think I just went, oh, that's oh, it's not ideal, is it? But kind of didn't freak out. <laughs> I think my husband must have just been like white knuckles and like you know, bleeding, like we'd bitten inside his cheek with the stress. And so we just sort of sat there a bit longer. And then I think somebody must have eventually seen me. It was a really busy. There weren't enough people to look after us all. Someone finally did sort of examine me and they said, oh, you're only, you know, what?" always the way when you feel like, no, literally, your cervix is like 17 0. feet wide. Two centimetres yeah. dilated. They were like, you've barely begun. You're about a centimetre and a half, two centimetres. like, oh, man, alive. Yeah, okay, I was fine. sensing that. Happens exactly. to us all. Exactly. You've been waiting all this time. Then you're overdue. And it's like, is that slow down, hurry up, slow down? It's just, it's really frustrating after a while, especially when you get near to the, the big end moment. So um, I think it was decided that we should go home. I mean, presumably we were glad to get out of the hospital where I think bird flu was about to run amok. I was a bit. But then I think by the time it was conveyed to me that I should go home, I was like, well, the contractions are so close together now mm. that I don't know if I'll make it all the way to the car park before the next one. So is that still, should I still, are you sure? I should they, Like, you're not dilated enough. You should just go home. So I was kind of, I think I was a bit grumpy by then. Yes. And um, I think eventually just because there were so few people to kind of monitor us all, um, they kind of just missed me again for a half an hour or so. And by the time they came back, I was really like in a lot of pain and there was no pain relief or anything because no anaesthetists, obviously. And... Um, so I was just sort of, you know, quietly losing my mind. And I think my husband was sort of acting as a bit of a firewall between me and anyone he'd get hold of if they were <laughs> able to stop by the, you know, the door of the ward I was in. Um, and just sort of not telling me what they were saying, which is like, I think at one point I realised I was lying back on a bed, just the iron railings of a propped up bed. There was no cushion behind me. There's nothing, just metal. And I was like, do you think we could have a pillow? And apparently he asked for a pillow and they just laughed at him <laughs> and walked away. So he didn't tell me that. He just said, um, I'll, um, here, I'll just roll up my coat. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, you know, you just, at, the, at that point, I think you're just, you're out of your body and you're just kind of, you cope with things as they come. And, um, and then I remember someone said I could try gas and air. And I was like, oh, gas and air. That's like being stoned, apparently. That sounds nice. I'll yeah. do that. And then I literally had about two puffs on it and just went, I'm going to throw up. So decided I wasn't going to do that. So just sat there with nothing. You know um, that that is a thing where you have to be taught to use gas and Yeah, gas someone should have helped me to toke that stuff. And I did not know that. So first time round, I had the same thing. This ah, isn't doing any good. This is rubbish. This is rubbish. Just Second felt time really round, nauseous. someone showed me how to use gas and oh, air. Oh, now I'm annoyed. And it's great. Because <laughs> I love drugs. I've missed out yeah. trying a really good one now. And That's gas so and annoying. air is really, because it feels a bit natural somehow. Yeah. And if you're using it right, it's very helpful. But yeah. if you're not, it's... 
it's useless. Like now I do like Pilates and things. I know how to breathe through things a bit better. Like if I, I think I was fighting the gas and air and that's the problem, isn't it? Like drugs, you need to just allow them into your Yeah, let them system. in. Yeah. So no, I was a bit too, probably a bit too het up by then. Um, there's that, that, I mean, there was a strong sense of the people who were there were brilliant, but they were so hassled and busy and they didn't have time to sort of stand around and listen. They, they did what they mm. could, but they were so overworked. It was just crazy. And there's that sense that I'm getting from lots of people that I've talked to that, that for them, it's every day, it's mundane, it's quite oh boring. Mm. And Which is strangely reassuring sometimes. Yes. You think, oh, this is good, you're not making it. It's like being on a plane, I guess, the air stewardesses aren't freaking out, even though you're mm-hmm. like in a big tube in the sky, <laughs> and that's wrong. So it must be normal and fine. So yeah, in yeah. a way that helps. But not normal and boring for you. So it's, no. it's very much at odds, yes. the experiences. Yes, it definitely is. And then I think, I mean, God, you know, labour. It just sort of went on a bit. And then I... I had a sense of being moved from different into different rooms. That's the rooms. most British way. <laughs> it oh, is labour. It just sort of went on a bit. I mean, it did. One doesn't like to moan. <laughs> oh, I bloody moaned, all right. I mean, yeah, you do, don't you? Because you don't care. But at that, at that point, my desperate need to be liked left the building. <laughs> when I was just like, it hurts. It really hurts. Can anyone hear me? Um, yeah, my husband did his best. You know, I was never really like a birth plan person. I think I thought. I think I thought I was being like super cool and realistic by going, oh, don't be silly. Look, it's just, it's not my wedding day. I'm just going to get this baby out of me and into the world. And however that's done, I'm going to be fine with because it's not about. Um, Which is true. But did you have a secret birth plan? I, I think I just thought the minute I don't like the pain, I will have all the drugs. That's a really good birth plan. That was my only thing. Uh, that didn't work out <laughs> because uh, you need anaesthetists for the good drugs, like the really big mm-hmm. heavy hitters. And um, the epidural I dreamt of secretly, I didn't, it wasn't actually a secret. I was just like, I'll take it whenever I have no precious uh, need to feel the baby being ripped from my loins. <laughs> um, just that no anaesthetist was available. Um, it was a, a busy East London hospital. My husband said he talked to one midwife um, who just said, look, you're basically middle class. You probably, the odd salad, like there are other people here who, who just need a lot more intervention. And I was like, <laughs> I should be flattered by that. But I want, I just like, give, give me this, give them to me. So, so you didn't yeah. miss out because some people kind of go too late and then by the time they want the epidural, they're just too far along. So no. you you could have had it. It's just that there was no one available to give it to you. Yeah, and drug available. no, exactly. There was just there were a lot of people giving birth that day. And um, clearly the hospital was, you know, in a bit of a state anyway, what with being on the news and that. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it was all just a bit uh, make do and mend. And, you know, I think I sort of expected that. It's, I, I wasn't, um, you know, the queen giving birth by sighing in Buckingham Palace. I was, you know, we're all just in the same sausage factory. That's very much how it felt. inherent (laughs) thought that at least you didn't have bird flu. So Yeah, no, at that stage I was like, at least I I seem to be healthy. This is all good. So no, I was, was, you know, fine just muddling through. Um, Again, I don't think you're, I'm not that brave a person. I just don't think you're really that present. Once it no, all gets going, you're, there's something it. curious happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Talked it's very a lot outside about time. Completely. There's um, did um, grief cast, you know, the other end mm, of this yes. delightful spectrum. <laughs> and, the, and and talked often about the parallels, and Carrie Ad does on her podcast, about the parallels between life and death. And there's some, there's some otherness state that seems to descend at the beginning, at the end of life, yes. where you're just sort of not really quite here. And it helps massively. <laughs> just really, really <laughs> Do helps. Do you think that's why... And you don't totally forget, mm. but there is an element of forgetfulness about it, which oh, is, I yes. mean, which is why people end up doing it again. Because if yes. you didn't forget, then you mm. probably would only have one child. Yeah. Everyone would. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's yes and no. I think it's it's a day. I mean, obviously, what hits you straight after giving birth, the parenting bit, is so much more overwhelming and ongoing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
to this day. <laughs> that is a whole different podcast. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> than the one day where they kind of rather traumatically sort of came from your insides to your outsides. It's not. Yeah, it's it's strange. I think looking back on it, uh, or no, looking forward to it, it seemed like the most important day. And actually, there have been many more. Which, without sounding too cheesy, it was just a day. Mm. And I know for some people it can be a couple of days or one of my friends, which is about 96 hours in labour. It just sounded oh, like hell. Um, but, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's it, a thing it that happens. It can be three days, but it's a finite amount of time. It is finite. And it can leave you traumatised and you can, you know, if, it's, if, if bad things happen. Or I was reasonably lucky, I think, in terms of the length of time it took and how badly things went wrong. It wasn't so bad. It was just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm underplaying it. I mean, no, um, I, no, I'm not. There was no, like, life and death thing. But, you know, it's, it's not fun. You wouldn't, like, book an experience on Red Letter Days <laughs> have this happen to and you. And I will. But, um, as we've discussed, I have come across people who do think it's fun. But um... Yeah, we know who you're talking about. <laughs> she's weird. I love her, but she's bloody weird. <laughs> Most of us don't find it fun. No. Hello, my darlings. It's me, Anna Mann, actress, singer, welder. Gotta have a backup. I've been in everything, my darlings, and I've been cut from most things. However, I will not be cut from one thing, and that is my own podcast, Talking to Actors with Anna Mann, where I meet those rarest of creatures, the actors. That's Talking to Actors on The Great Big Owl. 
they someone popped by and found me and said, you can do you want this? Do you want this heroin? I was like, heroin? That sounds like the best lifestyle stories I could make right now. <laughs> so they gave me heroin. And it was, um, I, I don't know how you have you had had the good horse, the good smack? Well, I, I mean, I had pethidin first time round. Do you remember it? it? Not really. So I really remember it because I think was it was it the an first... injection in the leg. Can't remember where it went in. It was definitely an injection. I don't really remember it, uh. which irks me because uh. if I've had heroin, I really, <laughs> really, yeah. really want to remember. How it. are you going to write that novel about you know that guy who's yeah. on heroin if you can't? But um, I think I remember it just because it was just it was such a, a bold contrast to the nine hours of absolutely nothing that I'd had up till then. Um, it's it's like the pain is happening in another room. You can feel it, but you're just fine with it because it's not really happening to you. That's great. It's, it's amazing dissociative wonderful like I don't want to encourage people to take heroin but I'm guessing it's great <laughs> well no I've heard that it's not it's not the same hit because no, you're in such a amount of pain yeah it only takes you up to a certain level whereas yeah heroin usually works by you're at the normal level and then it, and then it makes you feel so euphoric, it's not quite yeah, yeah. the same but no no you seem to have had a really good experience with I it. I had a really good experience with it to the point obviously where you, you know you now want to take it heroin was, well I mean luckily it didn't <laughs> quite lead me to the you know to the gutters with the needles the paraphernalia but I did um I did I think about however long it lasts two three hours I think it wore off and I was like can I have some more and they were like yeah no Oh, because you, you're only allowed one hit. Well, they said, um, I think obviously by then I must have been fairly dilated. They just said, well, look, that we can't because the baby will come out sleep. I'm like, babies like sleeping. <laughs> babies like sleeping. Give me my drugs. This is win-win. <laughs> Seriously now. It's like, oh, we don't want to because uh. it's like, oh, fine. Think of the baby. Don't think of me. Is this how my life is now? Uh, so, yeah, no more heroin for me. I, I just had one lot. But it was lovely and I'll always remember it fondly. Um, I really will. And then I can't, again, it, it, I was on heroin. It was hazy for a bit. Uh, but I remember, I remember just the pain being not fun but not nearly as troubling as it had been and then just like things like I guess when the baby was he, he was sort of turning around and his head must have been going down towards the right place um really really wanting to go to the toilet like so badly and that's then, a sign isn't it I think yeah I, remember, I think so I don't remember wanting to bear down is basically yes, nature the same going thing. Oh, no, squat, good, use gravity. Obviously, in hospitals, they make you lie back. And it's all, mm. is it that thing about Henry VIII wanted to, I don't know. But anyway, it's really unnatural. And I've got a friend who's got a militant midwife who was saying, any position you want to be in is fine. Make them, obviously, by then I was just like, I do whatever I'm told. I don't care. I'm on it's heroin. It's hard and I to just, assert yourself under those circumstances. Really hard. Yeah, and I just didn't, I didn't have the fire in my belly that day. So I just sort of did what I was told. But I did, I, they, they got like, this is delightful. They sort of put, um like a bedpan on a chair and said, do you want to just sit over that for a bit? So I did, nothing was going on. Um, but I think they were just, they weren't ready to get me into the birthing room or whatever it's called. So they were just sort of Hang on, were they not ready because you weren't ready or because they no, weren't they, ready? No, they weren't ready. So they didn't have any space? I don't think so, no. I did. Again, they're not going to say that to you. No, but there no. was There was a lot of... Well, I mean, you are 10 centipedes, but let's just hang on. So, yeah, I think the minute somewhere became free, it felt like it was very quick and I was whisked into a room and... Why couldn't you have given birth in the room you were in? I don't know. It just felt like there was a place I was waiting, like a bay with a curtain, and then the place where I actually... I think the place where I gave... No, the, the place I gave birth was a, a theatre, but that's not kind of quite what happened in the end. But no, I, there was another room in between. All I remember about that room is being in it suddenly, thinking, oh, this is where it's going to happen. Yeah. And then a male obstetrician, the first man I'd seen, actually, came in, and they said they... Because there was... I was pushing and nothing was happening. And that's mm. why I started pushing. We fast forwarded a little bit, but who knows what happened in the interim, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely started pushing and the pushing was all going quite well. And then it just sort of stopped happening. 
So Douglas was like head down, was on his way. I think they could sort of see his head. And um, I was like to my husband, stay, stay this end, stay this end. He's like, I, you do not need to tell me I am staying this end. He was brilliant, actually. Like all through this, he's just a quiet presence, but he must have been shitting himself. I don't think I'd like to watch this. I was actually, to be honest, would choose to be the person doing this because you just aren't really quite there. I've got to disagree with you there. Really, I really. would choose to be you the want, person you not, want your husband not doing through this. <laughs> I just I think it's I think he was almost more distressed watching, especially as things got a bit more panicky and it didn't unfold quite. The Lots way we'd of people hoped. have said that they felt tremendous sympathy for their partner. Yeah, watching them in worrying about you and yeah, there's nothing yeah, they yeah. can do. And I absolutely see that, yeah. but I did not feel you don't it want to at the time. Okay, fine. I was not sympathetic. <laughs> I was sympathetic for me. Yes, well, no, quite. I, I mean, going don't get me wrong. If you'd asked me in that moment, I'd have said, cut his balls off, cut them off! <laughs> or something like that. Um, like a woman in a sitcom. But uh, yeah, no, so there was pushing, but the pushing stopped. Nuts, things just stopped happening and he just stayed where he was. And do they know why? Uh, well, no, I think um, after the fact, this is very self-diagnosing, but I've talked to a couple of people um, who have similar things. Like I've got weird, uh, overly stretchy joints and I never break bones. And there's a kind of hypermobile thing that oh. apparently is a thing, which means one of the things you might not be able to do is effectively push during birth. I had loads of Braxton Hicks contractions when I was in sort of quite late pregnancy. And I, it feels like you've done like a billion sit-ups. I thought, I am so, oh my God, I'm so hench. Like I'm gonna, this baby's gonna shoot <laughs> out. Like I'm, I'm so, I've never had the muscles I can feel. Obviously it's just, you know, Braxton Hicks is not actual contractions. But um, yeah, when it really came to it, I thought I was gonna be really great at it and just wasn't at all. Yeah, he just stopped. So I think it was something to do with that, possibly, but that's just me diagnosing the reason why I couldn't get my own baby out of my front bottom as I call it now just to make my no, son we do cringe. have to say the word vagina vagina and Hooray. clitoris just just throw that one in as well <laughs> why not uh, so he was stuck and um, obviously they were kind of monitoring him and started to get slightly worried that he'd been stuck for a bit too long um, and heart rate and things weren't quite right and so they decided to get me ready just in case I needed a C-section. Is he not gone too far down the birth canal by that point? Because you were saying that you thought they could see his head. I think they could see it, but they had to really look up <laughs> with like a torch <laughs> on one of those helmets. Uh, those, no, we've talked about um, these cervix exams yeah. that being so invasive and painful. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's possibly... Probably the most pain I felt was yeah. being examined up in that way. Yeah, no, I've, I've got a worse one than that. Um, in terms of pain, the only time I really noticed a surprising amount of pain, and this is compared to just like ordinary contractions, which hurt, yes. is when the male obstetrician came in. He did two things. He ordered two things. He said he wanted to give me a drug to keep contracting. So I guess mm -hmm. it's the one they give you to try and induce or whatever. So it's, it's, a so similar it was a, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, so it was um, a what's it? A they found a vein in my arm, you know, my, the back of my elbow, and um, it was hooked up to a drip. Mm -hmm. The drip was keeping me contracting. And then he catheterized me. Oh, yes. But he hadn't been told that I had no pain relief. Like I wasn't, but the pethidin had long since worn off. I was just a woman having something shoved up her urethra. And I can tell you Jesus that was Christ. more painful than anything else. <laughs> Why did nobody... And literally a nurse just grabbed his hand and went, no, she hasn't got any pain relief. And it was too late. And I was kind of like, ah! The only time I actually screamed like a like a woman in a cartoon giving birth. So it was, Bloody yeah, it was hellfire. Genuinely really like someone had set my 
like loin area on fire. It was so painful. And like I get, I now I know where my urethra, urethra oh, yeah, is because yeah, I yeah. felt every millimeter of that going in. Because when horrible. they take a catheter out as well, yeah. they said to me, uh, "Don't worry, we'll give you a sedative for when we take it out." Yeah. Mm. No, they don't. Mm. They tell you to cough. <laughs> That's their sedative. I think I remember that now. It's all coming back to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I had this catheter in. So that's all fine. That means there's like a bag next to your bed filling with wee. Again, mm-hmm. oblivious. Don't care. Don't, yeah, didn't yeah. notice it. And then eventually, although I don't remember this, my husband says they just, um, they were talking about maybe C-section, but they were going to see what they could do. I was contracting like a mother by this point to say the drug Thanks was going in. It was really fierce contractions. No no sort of pain relief. That Good drugs were worn off. And they wheeled me into a theatre, suddenly incredibly brightly lit after this very low lit room, which I thought would be a nice place to give birth into this like just very, very disorientatingly bright room. I think it was like about sort of five in the morning or something. By then we'd been there since the afternoon b- before. And my husband was obviously just shredded with tiredness. And that apparently they handed him scrubs. Didn't explain, just said, put these on. And so he was just like, absolutely. And he said he was, I mean, we don't believe in God in our family. He was just like saying, just save her. Don't worry about the baby. I haven't met the baby. We can make another one. Just save her. Please don't let her die. I was like, I don't, it was fine, Joel. Dolly was fine. It was fine. Apparently it wasn't fine. But, you know, um, I was uh, pretty oblivious. And then they told me they were going to give me... Oh, finally, an anaesthetist arrived. It's like, so praise praise God. Amazing drugs. Amazing drugs. The, not even just like the, the drugs I thought I was going to get, like the the fast track, you know, you're a Hollywood star, you don't need to feel this the anymore. The A-list drugs. drugs. They gave me what a, are they? They gave me a spinal block injection. Oh, I love right? a spinal block. Have you had a spinal yeah. block? Yeah. Isn't it great? <laughs> it was so amazing. It's nicer than an epidural because yes, there's it less is. of a come down mm-hmm. and it's more immediate. I love um, this. It's like we're comparing recreational. Yeah, there's no come down. It's really clean. It's really sweet high. <laughs> you just, you just stop feeling. It's I would amazing. live on a spinal block. <laughs> Just when you needed it, you know, it was it was actually immense. And um, so this I remember again, this is this is awful. The contrast again of my experience and my husband's experience. So he's in the hallway shaking, weeping, trying to put these maroon kind of scrubs on over his clothes. And meanwhile, this incredibly hot (laughs) silver fox Spanish anaesthetist has come in. And he's sort of talking in his beautiful accent. And uh, he's uh, saying, explaining to me, you just need to lean forward, hug this pillow. Um, there was a pillow now. There was a pillow now. <laughs> yeah, there was. And he said, um, and obviously I was catheterized. It was all a bit, you know. But he said, just lean forward. It's totally fine. Just stay where you are. Hold the pillow. Um, make sure make sure you're not contracting first because we, we need you to be absolutely still now. Oh, going to yeah. put this needle in the back. And obviously the minute he said, well, we're going to put the needle in, I was like, contraction, contraction. He's like, can't do anything now. You just have to sit really still. So I was contracting absolutely just like not moving a muscle and he said honestly it's going to be fine because any second now you're going to feel and it was like oh my god oh my god I can't feel anything I can't feel anything (laughs) so literally in my head it was like seconds later I was flirting with him (laughs) I was saying that's a pretty accent where are you from (laughs) my husband's coming in going what's going on is everything okay no darling I'm having a wonderful time now (laughs) Fantastic. I remember kind of being, you know, sort of put, put onto this sort of, you know, tro- bed or whatever. Maybe I was already on a trolley. And then kind of my feet being put up into stirrups, mm. still flirting with the guy. He's looking up me. <laughs> His colleague <laughs> certainly was. He may have been at the top end, hopefully. Uh, I was I was just, you know, having a lovely chat with this dreamy man, just clearly not being anywhere aware of where I was. And then, um, yeah, then they just told me, even though you can't feel like, just think about pushing. <laughs> I was like, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if... This is helping. That's derailed me somewhat. How how does that work? I don't know. They just said, we still need you to try and push. And I was like, 
So the spinal block, is that like, I don't, like is it what? sensation, but my muscles are still quite, like, how is this? I don't understand what's happening. But again, you don't ask questions. You just try. So I thought push. about pushing. Um, but what they ended up doing, I think, did they try? So they weren't doing a C-section or anything. They were no. just. No, I think they decided he was far enough down. Yeah. And they went in with like all the, the metal hardware. that The stuff that in the, we only did one like um, antenatal class. It was the NHS one. Mm-hmm, we decided yeah. that people who we might meet in uh, some of the other sort of privately run ones might really annoy us. And we just didn't want to go there. So we yeah, decided possible, to just not possible. do it. Um, I've had. Friends who've got great experience with, with those things and, and the friends who've had terrible experiences, like horrible competitive people. We just they didn't just want to pay shake. the £250. No, no, exactly. It's a lot of money as well. I was gonna, again, it, it just it played into my thing of it's just one day, it's just one day, mm. we don't need to make a huge fuss and do university it's courses a piece about of it. Piss. It's fine. Totally easy. It's just like they like a bar of soap. <laughs> Love making that noise. Um, and then, so, uh, yeah, so I was in up, feet up, um, kind of being told to think about pushing, and they got. Did they get the Von too? So I think they did. They did both. They did. The, That's the sucky thing, isn't they it? They did the sucky thing. So he had a bit of a cone head. Yeah. But they also, God knows how they got all of this up me. I'm so tiny down there. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> they also used the what are they called? The calipers? The the forceps. Vessels, the forceps the, yeah. So when he came out, he had a cone head and like a sort of a U-shaped red mark on his cheek. Ooh, the F word. It's not good. Mm, forceps. No, it didn't. It, it felt like. Well, I mean, it, didn't feel anything. Is it good? One, well, no. But I, I, I felt like. Obviously, by then they were just—they weren't really asking; they were just doing it. Yeah. Get him out. But they, um, yeah. I, I, I wonder how great it is for you to be dragged out by your head with some metal. I don't know. I, mean, I don't it know. It doesn't sound like the least stressful experience. <laughs> it wasn't. Certainly least not for my husband. Least stressful entrance to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all very peculiar, and that it went into slow mo a bit then, and it was all a bit strange. And I don't think I was really aware of what they were sticking up there, but you know, happily, <laughs> thank goodness. Certainly didn't feel it. At some point, they must have done. An episiotomy because there were stitches. Yes. We'll come on to the stitches yeah, in a that's, minute. Uh, don't worry. I'm mm. all over the tearing nature <laughs> yeah. of the story. So I wasn't torn. I was definitely snipped. And I remember my Millicent midwife friend, Jenny, saying, oh, my God, no, you must tear. You mustn't. You mustn't. Oh, like, yeah, you're supposed to do it naturally. I don't like you? the sound of that. Uh, but that, but like, you I heard know. both sides. That you tear naturally because it's natural. And yeah. also, no, have an episiotomy because it's neat and it will heal more. Yeah, I more. suppose. Yeah, you can knit the edges back together. Again. Anyway, turns out it depends who sews you up. <clears throat> if it's a medical student, yes. not so much uh but um funny story um so yeah they they snipped me they got everything up there they dragged him out and then there's that weird moment where nothing's happening like on tv where you're just waiting to get some sign of and the baby's alive mm. and then we sort of heard him crying and that was a bit like oh and then somewhat a voice it's really weird as well a voice on the other side of the room goes it's a boy and we didn't know so it was kind of amazing I feel like that could have been achieved slightly nicer it could have been but to be honest by then it's just like news there's news because we we just said after whatever it is after what whatever this process turns out to be like let's just have something really cool and new to focus on apart from the baby like we don't know if it's a he or a she that that'll Mm. be the overwhelming thing to meet him or her and to make you forget the snip totally exactly exactly by that obviously I was still not feeling anything uh, from the waist down so still quite happy Um, and uh, it it was great because uh, when we were wheeled into the kind of uh, recovery bit, I couldn't. I couldn't change the first nappy, all that mm. sticky meconium stuff, because I could. I simply couldn't stand up, yes. <laughs> or even sit up. Really, it's quite helpful, really. Yeah. So some, see what I mean about living on a spinal block. It was so great. So now some nice lady came in and did it for me, like all that green goo. Oh, it's disgusting. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah. So I he was declared a boy. We were really happy, and then I just remember a pile of sort of green sheets and things being put on me, and then just seeing a foot. Like a little purpley red. It was his left. No, it was his right foot. That's right. 
and I annoy my my son wildly by saying sometimes when he's getting ready at night time, like that was the first that was the first bit I saw of you. He's oh. like, I know. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> he's ten now. He's like, Ugh, don't touch me. <laughs> um, but it was lovely. It was a really. It was it was the moment I kind of went. Even though a whole new terrifying chapter is about to start, it was <laughs> you the had your went, second. Of... It's happened. Oh my god, we've done it. And then it's that weird thing as well. I don't know if you've had that with your children as well, where you. You finally get to the face end and you meet your child <laughs> and, and you look into your baby's eyes and we both sort of went, oh, it's you. <laughs> we know you. We were, we were terrified of who you might be, but you look like us. It's totally fine. And he, he didn't look like us, really. But there was something about him that was instantly familiar, which is weird, but I think mm. sort of lovely and uh, helps when you're shell shocked and just completely, you know, you don't know which way's up. Well, you've got to get something good out of this at the end. Uh, yes, exactly. Because otherwise, it would what? be really quite bad. It would be. It would be. Yes, a real cheat uh, to, to go through all of that and then get nothing. But um, yeah, it was. It was an amazing, amazing ending to what was otherwise just a very confusing, painful experience. But the um, the spinal block kind of complicated things a bit. I had still had this drip, this uh, thing in my arm. And about after about half an hour, an hour in the recovery room, which actually, because again, the hospital was overrun with people and not enough beds and things. I was in like a store cupboard, <laughs> like a big walk-in store cupboard with just things all over the shelves, uh, medical supplies. <laughs> and so we were kind of lying there, me on a trolley. My, my husband, there was nowhere to sit down, but he sort of was by me. Douglas was in like a cot, um, a cot on wheels next to us. And, um, and uh, someone offered us... Was it? No, someone said, do you want some breakfast? I was like, uh, I guess so. And they brought me some bread because health and safety meant they couldn't use a toaster in that part of the building. I don't know. <laughs> so they brought me some bread and I ate it and then just vomited everywhere because I think, you know, anaesthetic, whatever. It's was too just, much yeah. at that point. And obviously my system must have just been absolutely overloaded with adrenaline and just, Drugs. Uh, abs- just everything, you know, mm. I must have been in such a state. Um, and then I looked down at my arm after a while, which still had the, what's that called? The, the cannula, or whatever it is. Yeah, and they're not vein. still, tell me they're not still administering no, so the drug wasn't contracting in, drugs. But no, but I think um, they'd left, they just left the cannula in and maybe in take In case it you wanted to slip in a bit of pethidine. Obviously, they weren't giving me the good stuff anymore. <laughs> and I looked down and my um, upper arm, where the needle had gone in, was just twice as wide as normal like it was just huge like I'd been like Popeye had eaten some you know spinach and just gone gadong gadong but just on one side so it was just absolutely massive and I just looked down again sort of a bit dazed and went I don't think that's supposed to be like that is it and my husband sort of went and got someone eventually someone turned up and they looked at me and just kind of did that kind of that micro expression that medical professionals do where they go oh fuck everything's fine everything's fine and then they kind of took it all out and my husband said later that he'd seen literally again this is just it sounds like a comic conceit like a a label hanging off the drip stand or the drip equipment that was in me saying um don't use after may of that year or something like that's expired don't use anymore it was out of date yeah whatever i was having was like definitely off <laughs> so you know my arm was the hugest wow like, jesus christ so you know i didn't die that's that's a mercy um don't know what that was never bothered to find out didn't really want to did know did your just, uh, arm kind of it deflate went, i think it did as soon as they whipped that thing out and yeah they must have given me something i don't know um i still don't know what it was but, but ah. out of date drugs is something new I mean, yeah I or equipment uh, one or other so, i mean god it's the nhs that hospital just you know they're doing their best with uh-huh yeah yeah bad no, bad lack of funds. there is never a message except that we love the nhs literally amazing people because the adversity under which they work is just mind-blowing and just mm. the, the the volume of people they have to be incredibly caring about um and you know we there, there were so many of us there that that sort of day and night but um 
yeah, it was then just a period of total dazedness. And then um, there was like a side room you could have if you paid 100 quid. Oh, and yeah, I, I've heard of that. And that. I kind we of never... spewed and stuff. And I was just like, and, and you can't book it or anything. It's just like, if it's free yeah. and you want it, you're going to have it. So um, uh, my husband was like, oh, special treat. So we got <laughs> we got this side room and it had its own shower. It was really, really amazing. And um, so just kind of stayed there for a bit. And they weren't letting visitors into the hospital because of the bird, bird flu. flu. Exactly. Or they, they, they certainly weren't letting kids in. And I think maybe one, you could have one visitor or something. So... Um, my um, husband's family live quite nearby and um, my sister-in-law, Nat, just sort of was really keen to come in and see see the new member of the family. So she did come in and sort of gave him a cuddle and uh, it was really lovely. Um, but I think we were just quite aware that after all the drama had finished, like we quite didn't want to be there for very much longer because the idea mm, that... Hospitals aren't fun. They're not fun. They're, it was on lockdown. This weird situation was going on and just, yeah, I was quite keen to leave. So I think... You know that thing that you have to wait till you've done a poo before you can leave. Oh yes, <laughs> so and everybody's can't... on tenterhooks. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's really isn't embarrassing. It? Yeah. Every time you go to the toilet. So I think, and I just, you know, was looking at the food menu, thinking I'm going to have to stay for lunch. Oh God, I don't want to. I think I was there for a night actually in the end, just because I think all the various things that had gone wrong, they were just keeping an eye on me as well, without really saying it. And you're kind of lying there, and you know they kind of lie you on a kind of big sanitary towel, yeah. And just stuff you just leaking, sort of you think, ah, leak yeah. through. At one point, someone came in to take my food order, like just an orderly, and I was like, "Do you want to see it?" And she's like, <laughs> "No, I just want to know what you want for lunch." <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, put the sheet back down. Um, and somebody I was, kept coming around because I was in for four days. Somebody kept oh coming God. around and shoving needles in me. Oh no! Um, in my leg, every now and then, somebody would just walk in, shove a needle in my leg, and walk see away. how cross you'd get. I think it was. A <laughs> Really cross. I was too tired. Tick, to really cross. cross. But I think it was something to do with what's the the is it MRSA or whatever? Yes, yeah. I think it was a thing against that. Oh my god! Back. But I'm so out of it. You know, you just exactly you are. You you're by then you're used to being a kind cushion. of a pincushion. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just what goes on, isn't it? It's very strange. They can't leave you alone in hospital for very long. And then um, someone came in with a lunch menu. This poor woman who I showed probably my vagina to. Sorry, <laughs> um, it probably didn't look that great then either. I'm not saying it looks that great. Oh, Oh, I'm now, sure like it looked then. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Um, and uh, kind of just, uh, I thought the, the hospital food all looked a bit not nice. You can't go wrong with I think I ordered like a cheese sandwich. Like if I have, I'll eat something, just give me a cheese sandwich. It's like the worst cheese sandwich I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like I can't believe you could badly make a cheese. It was awful. So I kind of ate half a cheese sandwich and thought, how am I ever going to poo? This is impossible. Like I'm not eating anything. This is awful. And, um, and by then I think... Uh, Doug, had, he'd been sleeping a lot after birth. He didn't really wake up much, which after he had his nappy change stuff, he just went to sleep. He was golden. And then uh, eventually he did wake up, I think, that night. My husband had to go home. He wasn't allowed to stay. Yeah, they can't stay overnight, I think. So at eight o'clock, he was like, ho-hum, got to go. Obviously just went out with his mates and had a lovely time. <laughs> and um, and then came back the next day and had the full English in the hospital canteen while I was lying there oh, going, well, it's oh, good. it's good that he had a lovely time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I really recommend the, Eng uh, the, uh, the full English. We should come back here and have it just, just for shits and giggles. It's lovely. It's like, oh, good, okay. Glad you're having a nice time. Um, eventually, I think I must have pooed, um, and then and then Douglas did wake up actually, and um, I was like, well, I presumably, pointing at my own boobs, I have to do something with these now, and I just remember going to the uh, the uh, the one antenatal class. There's this very officious midwife who, when someone asked, what if um, what if you can't breastfeed or it's really painful or it just doesn't work out, uh, what what about bottle feeding? And she just said, well, no, we don't help with that. So I, was, so I was quite frightened. Like, wow, if I can't really make nice. these work... That's helpful. My son's going to starve. We are fucked. 
fact. Formula doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. It's not a real thing and you can't have it. It will kill your baby, so don't use it. It was just mad. It was like being told... You may as well give them gin. <laughs> Genuinely. She was so sort of... Mili- oh, it's just awful. It wasn't a nice thing to hear. So I was a little bit like, oh, God, right, I have to do this now. And then, um, you know, I thought, well, how hard can it be? Turns out quite hard. Mm-hmm. And then, but this very um, officious, short kind of... She was like a, a yapping dog. This little woman came in who was definitely a midwife because she was wearing the uniform, not like a... I could definitely show my fanny to her. She wasn't coming to take the sandwich order. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. And I was just like, um, I, I'm just... And so she came in and I was just trying to work out how the mouth went on the tit and it wasn't it's working. It's not instinctive, is it? It didn't quite happen uh, magically as I thought it might do. And then she just sort of very, like shoved his nose again. And then, but bingo, he was doing it. It was amazing. Um, and they'll get, then the exploding breasts. Oh, my God. <sighs> Oh, they just yeah. explode constantly. In, I used to get nice. him in the eye. Like, used to constantly squirt milk in the poor kid's it's eye. Just it's really just really painful. It really does hurt, doesn't it? Yeah. Robbing. Oh. And um, I, I remember once, um, before I got pregnant, giving a friend a lift somewhere, the baby in the back seat. And then it, uh, her baby started crying and she was like, oh, and leaning over. I was like, that's a bit much. God, she's making a bit of a big deal out of this. No, <laughs> no. it hurts when it comes. Oh, it's like electrocution. It's horrible. Um, yeah. And then so feeding all happened. And then we sort of, I think, I don't remember going home. Oh, that's right. No, you had to have a car seat. They yes. wouldn't let you leave without a car that's seat. That's true. So my husband had gone and got a car seat and came back. And then we were like, holy crap. So is this it then? Is no one going to help anymore? Is that it? No, you just get to do it on your own then. <laughs> and that was that. And we haven't killed him yet. Touch wood. <laughs> Touching wood. There's no wood to touch. Oh, God. It's a happy ending and Yay! it's ongoing. <laughs> it is. Literally, it's just one day. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> if you, on, thinking about that one day, mm. if you could go back and tell yourself something about that one day, what would be your piece of advice? Oh, um... Oh, God, I don't know. Ask for pethidin earlier. I don't mm-hmm. think I knew that it was an option. Like you said, I don't think I knew you could have it without... I don't know who administered it. Maybe it's a nurse that does it. I think... Uh, I, I just assumed if I couldn't have an epidural, I was just, like, stuck where I was. I think if I'd mm. known Ask a bit more... Ask for the range of drugs. Ask for the heroin. Yes. Don't, don't, don't hold back. Don't be British. Ask for heroin. <laughs> That's really good advice. And what I'm going to do with all this advice is I'm going to... Stitch it onto exquisite little tapestries. That's a cushions. nice idea. And then I'm going to stamp on them with muddy boots <laughs> until you can't read them anymore. Because nobody listens to advice. No. So you don't want to pass it on. You all yeah. do it your own way. Exactly. Thank you very much for your wonderful birth story. I want to say it's been a pleasure. Sort of has. <laughs> it's been cathartic. Have you got any heroin? <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Torn Every Minute. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us. See you next week. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Bagpuss. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Suppose Martin Thursday bashing her head like this. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother. I love it when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up. With a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box. Delights Pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Great big owl. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.